Welcome to the Steelers Realm Podcast. Here are the boys of Steelers Realm, New Jersey Dev, JT, and the famous TA. Hey, hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to another edition of Steelers Realm Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, JT, uh, joined uh, by, in another state, I'm not even sure where he is tonight, the guy with the, the rules, the rules guru, the injury sayer, the famous TA. What's going on, buddy? JT, I am excited. We are 4-0. Not get excited though too much because we have not played anyone. Now's time to separate the men from the boys, JT. It, where the rubber meets the road. How about it? Yeah, over on the other side of the state, the man with all the numbers, New Jersey Dev. Welcome, buddy. Good to be with you again, man. Great to be with you guys as well. And uh, it's even greater to be joined by our guest here tonight to help us preview this Browns matchup. And he's going to be taking the role of, I'd say, uh, you know, Booger McFarland, so to speak. And that is mm-hmm. Garrett Webster. Garrett, <laughs> Garrett, thanks for joining us. I, I like Aaron Andrews more. I'm more on that kind of level. I'll give some fashion tips, everything, you name it. <laughs> so how you been since the last time you were on? Been good. Been good. Just, you know, uh, knocking out that Madden, knocking out the uh, NBA 2K, everything I can, you know, uh, living that high life. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks for joining us. And then why don't we jump into it, JT? Yeah. Well, hey, Garrett, it's great to have you, man, helping us break it down. Uh, it's Browns week and, um, you know, the kitchen is heating up, so to speak. Um, you know, game day, Sunday, one o'clock game at Heinz Field. Uh, our all-time history of, against the Browns, 76-59-1. And, and that was, uh, was that last year, right? The tie last year? I think it's two years ago. Two years ago. Game. Yeah. Okay. Um, big time announcer. He's a season opener. Cleveland. That's right. Yeah. What's the season opener? Uh, yeah. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, behind the mic, which should be okay. Uh, Tracy Wolfson, sideline. Uh, it's supposed to be nice. Sixty-five degrees. You know, partly cloudy. A little bit of chance of rain, but uh, you know, Pittsburgh weather is. You never know. Um, season record four and one. That's their best start since 1994, and of course we're 4-0. Um, and then um, Browns previously handled the Colts pretty good, 32-23. So um, that'll get us going. A uh, lot to dig into as far as matchups coming, and uh, we're definitely excited to have Garrett help us break down those matchups too. Uh, before that, though, I, I want to give a, uh, a quick reminder. Uh, check out Steelers Realm. Uh, one of our affiliates is Instacart, which will help you do some shopping. You don't have to. Uh, go to SteelersRealm.com, click on the link, create an account, and then uh, start your shopping online. They'll bring it right to your door, Instacart link, uh, right on Steelers.com. So jumping into it, uh, before we get into the breakdown and by the numbers, which is all coming up, along with our um, uh, Steel City... Steel City Star, Steelers Spotlight Player of the Week. And we'll bring that to you, a very special player. Um, 
and we'll get to in just a moment. But in the news, Chase Claypool named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He joins uh, one of only two other Steeler rookies, that's a rookie, uh, to uh, be named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. And that, you guys know who that is? This other two were? Just recently, too. Big Ben, Juju. So, oh, wow. congrats, Chase. Great game. Four TDs. Um, he's also he's also the sixth rookie in NFL history to record at least two receiving touchdowns and a rushing TD in a game. And one of those other players, we'll talk about later, that did that is Kareem Hunt. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, so. um, there was also a lot of other news. <laughs> There's, there certainly was. There certainly was. And uh, Le'Veon Bell has signed with Kansas City, with the Chiefs. But we're going to be brief with you here tonight, folks. We're not going to spend much time at all on this topic, as it's already been beat to hell by the Pittsburgh media, worse than Antonio Brown's moving truck driver. So there you go. <laughs> and that's bad. That's bad. Hey, guys, you know, I think this is a great signing. This just solidifies our step one more to the Super Bowl because – Everywhere Le'Veon's gone, man, he's tore that team up. So we're going to watch the demise of KC unfold in front of our eyes. <laughs> there you go. We can only hope so because, I mean, they're pretty much unstoppable at this point with the way they, they utilize uh, those pieces on their offense. But let's hop into by the numbers here, everybody's favorite segment. So we'll kick it yeah. off with 6,220. 6,220 is the number of days since the last time the Browns actually won in Pittsburgh. Tim Couch was their quarterback. George W. Bush was president. Paris Hilton had a sex tape that came out and changed the porno game. Baby boy, shake a tail feather right there and get low, top the charts. Michael Jackson was fiddling kids. Friends was in its last season, and Brittany was giving Madonna some tongue. Those are all things that happened the last time the Browns won a game in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Man. Our next number here is 139. Since entering the NFL in 2010, Joe Hayden has recorded 139 passes defended, which is most of any NFL player since 2010. He also ranks second among active NFL players. And the next number after that would be 65, which is uh, the total defensive penalties Joe Hayden has committed in that time frame. (laughs) Here's here's a question: Is that good or bad? I, mean, I, 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 I was just thinking that, Garrett. I can't tell. I mean, it's you know, I mean, you figure how many snaps and how many plays. That doesn't sound like a lot, but you never know. I mean, that that'd be one of those analytic things I'd actually like to see is is you know breakdowns and penalties of when you know were they smart penalties, dumb penalties? You know, they always say if you know a guy gets a step on you for a touchdown, you know, just tackle him and take the pass interference. Right. So, right. I don't know if there's a website that does that. I'm sure there is, but so is it targets defended, passes defended, yeah. penalties? Like what? What? Uh, you know, what, where does that fall? But here's another one for you. 36. Uh, it's, uh, Pittsburgh's registered at least seven tackles for a, a loss in each of its first four games. 36 tackles for loss are the most by any NFL team over the first over its first four games of the season since at least. 2008. So interesting stuff there, too. And with a victory over Cleveland in week six, Steelers have won at least four home games in 21 straight seasons, uh, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Last time we didn't win four was 99. We were talking about this 
uh, before we started when Kyle was only able to put together two home wins in a 6-10 and 10 campaign. Uh, that saw us drop 7 of 8 to end that, uh, where Cordell Stewart and Mike Tomsack split sa- snaps. Twenty. Yeah, they, they split snaps, but Tom Zach, you know, he had five five starts and he actually threw for more touchdowns and more passing yards than Cordell that year. So Tom Zach started four or sorry, four games and yeah, Cordell started twelve. Wow. And Tom Zach doubled his amount of passing touchdowns. So remember that year. Todd, what do you got for numbers? Well, you know, we're gonna start at fifteen. And, and some may even argue that that might be the highest age group I've ever been able to obtain. <laughs> but uh, that is where uh, Pittsburgh ranks among the top two in the NFL in 15 different defensive categories. What? That would be quarterback hit percentage on pass plays, first at 29.1. Quarterback hurries per game, first at 7.0 yards. Or lost Yards lost by sacks, first at 145. Sacks per game, first at 5.0. Quarterback pressures, first at 64. Quarterback pressures per game, first at 16. I'm telling you, this defense is on fire. Quarterback hits, first at 50. Tackles for loss, first. Total yards allowed, first, 1,030. 1,206 sacks. We are tied for first at 20 quarterback hurries. We are second. I'm a little disappointed, man. All those number ones. And now we're going to go into second, but interceptions per game. We're second at one and a half per game rushes yards allowed per carry second at three and a third. Rushing yards allowed in a game, second at 64. And defensive completion percentage, second at 59.4. I'm telling you, man, I would be nice to go ahead and say that this defense is that good, but we've also had some cream puffs thrown our way. We're going to really find out how good that defense is starting this weekend. We'll see. But with that said, my true age, folks, is five for all you who are listening because that's about all the further I got in education was kindergarten. And that leads me to the Steelers tied a franchise record with their third consecutive game of at least five sacks in a week, five victory over Philadelphia. Pittsburgh also accomplished that feat spanning the 2017 and 18 seasons and in the 1982 campaign, the three game streak with at least Five sacks is tied for the eighth longest since 1982 when we first officially recognized that stat in the NFL. It's not a bad start to a season, guys. Now, you know what? I'm a little curious about something. Do you know who we're tied for first with regarding sacks? Was it Philadelphia going into that game? Philadelphia actually was leading going into that game. I think number one is Washington, isn't it? I don't know. I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just something. Uh, it's, it's the Rams, it looks like. Oh, wow. Okay. The Rams? Aaron, Aaron Donald has that effect. Yeah, he does. Oh, Pittsburgh another boy. Pittsburgh native. 
Yeah. We do have four different players with at least three sacks, uh, which is Watt with four and a half, two at three and a half, Bud with three, and Hilton with three. And we're the only team in the NFL with three players, you know, let alone four that have already recorded three sacks. So, hey, speaking of Hilton, <clears throat> wasn't he also one of two? Um, I don't know. He got some accolades for this week. Um, he, he got burnt. In, he <laughs> came in second, though, with number of interceptions, though. Wasn't it? Yeah. Anyhow. Garrett, what do you got for us number-wise? This is supposed to be a quick hitter there, Todd <laughs> and JT. Man, you guys okay. fucking just read those right off of the, the, the script there. What do you got, Garrett? Well, I got, uh, if anyone is not aware of this, but it's Pittsburgh fans, so I'm sure we all are. And that is Pittsburgh is only – it has only opened one season in franchise history with five consecutive victories. That would be the magical year of 1978 when the Steelers overcame a severe lack at leadership at the center position to start seven and zero. And in relation to this, to the, our opponents this week, two of those wins in 1978, when we started seven and zero, were against these Cleveland Browns. So that is definitely a good omen for this weekend. Nice. Uh, they went 14 and two that year and won the Super Bowl in a amazing game versus the Dallas Cowboys. 84 teams in the uh, history of the National Football League have started the season with a 5 and 0 record since the AFL NFL merger in 1970, and 76 of those teams have reached the playoffs. Nice. Ooh. So it's a definitely uh, definitely a, a good start and a good sign for how the season goes, but. Again, we've had the weirdness of that uh, bye week, and uh, as you said, we've had some cream puffs on our schedule. Uh, even though I was kind of kind of concerned with Philadelphia, seemingly we always have trouble with Philadelphia every time we play them. But we won that game, and I thought it looked uh, very very good. So uh, you know, I, I think it, these are all the signs you want to see going into uh, you know going into a four zero start. So that brings us then. Uh... Oh, you got one more number, don't you, uh, Garrett? Yes, 0. 0.078. No, that is not my uh, blood alcohol content after <laughs> a night of Zimas and Wham records. It is uh, when that is the, I don't know, percentage or something like the 0. 0.7. Uh, now I got it. <laughs> when Tyson Alulu is on the field, opposing defenses are only averaging 0. 0.78 yards per carry. Uh, so he's going to be a big key considering the fact that uh, I believe Cleveland is first in rushing in the NFL right now and uh, getting cream hunt going is definitely something the Cleveland Browns are going to try to establish, especially at the start of the game uh, to kind of maybe take, uh, take that defense out of it a little bit. So uh, that's a big stat and we'll see how Tyson Alulu plays into the game plan. If he has a big game, he, he's one of those guys people forget about and then kind of can come in and make some, Uns, uh, maybe I don't want to use unspectacular like they're not good plays, but maybe plays that don't make the highlights but uh, can change the course of a game. And that's going to lead us straight into the injury report. I mean, Garrett already alluded to Kareem Hunt. Right now he's showing he left practice with a, a little bit of a thigh injury. Of course, Jarvis is a little nicked up. Baker's a little nicked up. He's got some ribs. Hopefully, maybe uh, Bud or TJ can put another licking to him. Of course, their big guy, Nick Chubbs, we're not going to get to see. But let's That's make right. no mistake that the Ernest Johnson, he's going to be something to contend with as well. But the one that's going to be interesting to really look for, 
especially with this Browns offensive unit ranking third right now and 24 in passing is Odell Beckham Jr. left practice today with an in, with an illness just as a precaution has not tested positive for COVID yet, but uh, no other information has been uh, been put out there. And of course that offense is going to be going up against the second overall defense in the league. And guys, I'm telling you what, if we don't stop that run and make them one dimensional, we're going to watch Jarvis, Austin Hooper, Njoko run all over us and make Baker Mayfield look like an all pro. Well, let's jump into the matchups then. Um, let's look at, um, what do we want to look at? Offense, uh, Browns offense versus uh, Steelers D. Let's, how about Dev? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we hop into, uh, see what the line Mason. Tr- yeah, we hop into the first key matchup here is Jason Treader, who is uh, Cleveland safety versus Tyson Alalulu. And uh, Treader's with his fourth season, or entering his fourth season with the Browns. He started 53 of 53 games he's played. And, you know, he's been a dependable starter, is now the anchor of that offensive line. He has struggled against bigger athletic uh, defensive tackles uh, slash nose tackles this year with DJ Reader for the Bengals, uh, closing that game out with six tackles and one tackle for loss. And also Jonathan Allen uh, for the Redskins had a pretty big day with nine tackles and one sack and one tackle for loss. So um, he does, however, anchor the first rank rushing de- or I'm sorry, rushing offense. And that leaves us with Tyson, who anchors the second ranked rush defense. Tyson's snap count and percentage is up this year from 43% to 40%. The large chunk of that coming on those rushing plays. You know, uh, Tyson's going to get a healthy number of snaps against the Browns, as Garrett already said, uh, as he will against all run first teams. And he's going to continue what he needs to, uh, he's going to continue what he continues to do best, which is clog up the middle of the line, absorb a block or two, and let yep. his teammates make the yep. play. So. But a big key to this game, too, is going to be getting to Baker Mayfield early and often. Um, Tyson won't be a uh, won't play much of a role in this. Uh, as so, you know, more so anchoring down the our second rank rush defense. But, you know, he's going to certainly still be out there on some passing downs because the Browns like to use play action. But here's a quote from Cam Hay- Hayward on why getting to Baker Mayfield early is often crucial. Um, you know, here's the quote. As a defense, you want to make sure a quarterback feels you, Hayward said. You want to make sure he's thinking about the rush, all all those other things, his injuries, so be it. We play a physical game. He's going to come up there and try to be a warrior for his team, but it's it's up to us to make him think about that injury during the day. So Cleveland uh, reporters kind of took that comment and ran with it like we're trying to injure uh, Baker Mayfield. And that reporter was Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. So yeah, she turned it into clickbait. And if you ask any Browns fans or talk to them about Mary Kay Cabot, uh, she specializes in this and they think that she should work for TMZ. So, <laughs> yeah, stirring stuff up. Well, I mean, in all fairness to her, what else is she going to report about? <laughs> hey, you live in <laughs> Cleveland. Sorry. You yeah. know, it's not much, not much else there to report on. So at least she's trying to make the place a little, little more happening. I mean, LeBron left, what, three years ago now? He's. Running out of the economy needs a boost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. you know, let's make no mistake, too, guys. One thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to seal off those ends 
So with that being said, though, you're going to have some tight ends out there that we're going to have to go ahead and keep our eye on. And that's going to be Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant. And don't forget Najoku. And that means that's going to be a heavy day, not only for Devin Bush, but Vinny Williams as well. And do not be surprised if we don't see a little bit of Edmonds coming up there in the box to kind of maybe help that out a little bit. And I know that gets us a little scary with his coverage skills, but we're going to have to do something to watch that middle of that line because the Browns like to play off of the play action. So Bush and Vinny are going to have to need to make the correct reads. Hooper at six foot four, 250 pounds. He's a big man that they signed this offseason from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. His only game versus the Steelers, he tore us up in 2018, man. He had 12 targets, nine receptions, 77 yards when he played with the Falcons. Brian is a kid out of Florida who won the John Mackey Award last year. He's getting eased into the offense with two starts. But he already has a TD. And let's not forget that Joku has been around for a while. He's seen this defense. He knows where he's got to settle into that soft zone. And if he settles into that soft zone, it's going to be, it's going to be murder for us. Bush today though, man, he was quoted saying today he feels like his pass coverage has improved. Well, let's hope so. Things to work on. They're going to need it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure if, if they've improved enough, but we're going to find out. Yeah. And on the year, you figure three PDs, one each was in the end zone. Now he's now. got three passes defended on the year, one of one of which was in the end zone, and that saved a touchdown against Fels against in the Texans, the Texans. game. Yeah. But the biggest, biggest thing that's changed uh, from last year to this year is he's playing substantially deeper in coverage. Last year he was playing three uh three point nine yards from the line of scrimmage. This year he's full seven point two yards back. So he's going up against more athletic guys in space. And the thing is, is the reason he's paying back is because he's gotta be able to play catch up a little bit. And that's the other thing that worries me a little bit is we're playing too far off on these guys. We're not getting that bump at the line. Well, they were playing man a lot. And not man, so sure the man-on-man man matchups were the right ones either, too. But, well, that's that's the line and, uh, you know, linebackers and, and, and whatnot. Let's, um, you know, the receivers, uh, Garrett, how's that matchup look? You know, Joe Hayden seemed like he kind of had a little bit of a rough game last game. He, Joe Hayden, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. And, you know, I think – he's one of those guys that you got to count on in, you know, being a veteran, being a guy who's had great games against the Browns, uh, you know, since he came over here three years ago, um, you know, against the Browns, hold on here. we got the stats here. Uh, he, you know, in six games, six games against the Browns, he's uh, had, has 19 tackles, three tackles for loss, one QB hit, two interceptions, six pass defended. And he's one of those guys that, you know, definitely puts up, you know, when, when he plays those, you know, throughout his whole career has, has uh, put up usually in big games. And sometimes you don't hear his name uh, a lot, but that's because he's doing his job, um, you know, and the big matchup is going to be him versus Jarvis Landry. And and to me, yeah. Jarvis Landry is the more worrisome wide receiver than 
uh, OBJ. OBJ makes those, you know, he had an amazing catch. Was it last weekend? Uh, you know, uh, he, he can do those spectacular things. He's, he's got the athleticism. He's got the skill. Um, but you know, Joe Jarvis Landry, uh, has definitely torn us up, uh, you know, when he has played us, you know, and, and third, you know, he is against the Steelers. He's got 32 receptions, 355 yards and one touchdown. Although it does seem like he has more than one touchdown against us. Yeah, and that right. includes, I believe that includes one game with Miami at least I know he played for, I think he played a game against Miami against us there. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. yeah I, I thought that was in there. Um, you know, but it's, it's going to be interesting because if OBJ is out with an illness or, or limited um, and OBJ kind of has that tendency to go into his own head, if, if something's uh, something's off with him, um, he does, he's not a guy, you know, and, and not questioning his manhood or anything like that, but, Definitely, it seems like he's uh, throughout his career had trouble playing uh, through the pain. Um, and you know, Hayden this year, in my opinion, even though he had a struggling game last week, um, he has played really well this year. Uh, he's got 11 completions against him on 22 targets uh, for 191 yards and a, and a touchdown. And I believe of those 191 yards, I think he had gave up one big touchdown. Um, so. Those, even though that might seem like, uh, I think about 19, not 19 yards, but probably 17, 18 yards, a completion against Hayden, uh, is still pretty solid numbers. Cause he's usually matched up, uh, with whichever team's, uh, number one receiver. Um, so, you know, him and Landry Jones are definitely, uh, going to go at it. Um, uh, but the Browns also use Landry Jones in a bunch of different, interesting ways, kind of like Landry the way we Jones. saw this. Landry Talking Jones about our, our old quarterback, old Landry, <laughs> old Landry. <laughs> yeah. Our Jarvis Landry. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. See, there's fans that were remember Landry. Jones. They're like, Holy crap. It was, uh, guess it, no. where's head injury in this family. <laughs> but, uh, did you get, did you get confused? Because one thing I'm a little concerned about with, with Mr. Landry there is if he rolls to his left, that looks like he's going to run on a jet. And then all of a sudden he decides to stop. He's a left-hander quarterback, kind of throws a little bit like Landry Jones, so I can see the comparison. I'm more yeah, worried about the trick plays coming from both him and OBJ and yeah, that you, we don't get sucked up in and we, let up we a have big a, touchdown. We have a tendency to have some trouble with some of those trick plays. Uh, you know, I think that we've got such a young defense that's so fast and aggressive, and you don't want to take that away, uh, especially because, you know, you saw – I think it was, uh, I've seen Devin Bush a couple times get juked or get fooled by, but he gets up and he hustles to the ball and usually is in on the tackle. Um, so, you know, those, you know, the fact that Jarvis Landry has thrown the ball a few times, I mean, it, it's not a, like a one-time thing. He's had those touchdown passes. He's, he's had a couple in his career. I believe I don't uh, have the numbers in front of me about, you know, but I know he's got more than one and, and he's done some things. So, you know, Jarvis Landry is a guy you got to watch out for on reverses, um, you know, on fake plays, fake screens, uh, you know, or just throwing the ball. And, uh, you know, when you can do that with run a fake with, with Jarvis Landry and still have OBJ going deep, you know, that's something to worry about, especially with smaller corners, uh, that we have, unfortunately. Yeah. Good point. <clears throat> yeah. And, and Arthur Motes, he was on the, the fan earlier in the week and he made a pretty solid point about the Steelers, you know, playing off man coverage. So frequently on possession downs. Uh, this does give you the ability to disguise coverage as pre-snap, but it also gives receivers free runaways. 
you know, to, to get, get into we've, the routes. We've been killed for years with, with uh, the Patriots, especially take advantage of this, you know, throwing those short, short passes, you know, while we're still trying to figure out coverages or disguising coverages and, and they end up just chipping us down the field. Right. And, you know, Baker, Baker Mayfield gets into a rhythm, you know, at the end of the day, you, you got to say that the Browns do have some talent on offense. You know, they're, they're probably the most talented offense we played so far. And it's a great test, you know, for, for our defense to see where they're really at, mm-hmm. but it's also an opportunity. You know, I could see Minka Fitzpatrick or, or Devin Bush or, uh, you know, TJ Watt having big, big games, um, this weekend. Well, let's hope, let's, uh, let's hope we see some, uh, some of our backfield, uh, making some jumps on balls. Cause you didn't seem yeah. to see that, uh, you, you know, nobody making, uh, making those special cuts like, Oh, well, this guy's breaking. Boom. I ain't going to beat him to the ball and, you know, jump well, routes and stuff like that. So, I don't well, I, I think, uh, you know, the Steelers have never really, for whatever reason, our, our defensive scheme, we've never had those ball hawking, you know, other than Troy and, uh, that little right. bit of, of Minka we saw last year, we've never had those ball hawks in, you know, in the defensive backfield, you know, I mean, you know, for a long time, it was Lawrence Timmons, who was our big play defensive player. And, <laughs> you know, you got to let those uh, you got to let those corners go for the ball sometimes. You know, uh, Mike Hilton, you know, he gets sacks. And I, I think it's crazy. He's got what three you said, three sacks for us this year. And uh, I think the last you know, they talk a lot that he's the best blitzing nickelback in, in the NFL. And he might be, oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah. he gets right there. Uh, oh, we- but, you know if there's one thing I would like the Steelers to do is, is be a little more aggressive in man coverage, uh, do a little more bump and run, um, get up in there and, you know, let those guys go for, for some of those balls. Yeah, you know, I mean, right. what's, you know, if you're going to get beat, get beat big, but, but stay aggressive. And I think that plays into what you saw last weekend with, uh, with the Steelers when Philadelphia kind of made a comeback there a little bit. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, Fulgram tore us up. And speaking of Minka, where where has he been? He's he's got zero interceptions, zero passes defended. I mean, there's the receivers going up against him have nine catches on twelve targets, 136 yards allowed, 40 yards after the catch, four missed tackles. I mean, well, didn't Tomlin defend like him? him? Sorry, Garrett, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it seems like they're using him differently a little bit than they used him last year. You know, last year whether it was because Devin Bush was younger and, and stuff like that. And, you know, Steelers, obviously, you know, we're, we're a little hesitant to throw our rookies out there, even though I thought Devin Bush played really well last year, you know, we kind of moved Minka all over the place. You know, we, we would blitz him. We'd, you know, drop him back into coverage, you know, and, and that's how Miami used him um, is kind of everywhere. And when he came here, one of the things he said is he wanted to just be well, one position player. He wanted, he liked having that versatility but he wanted to stay strictly a safety. And I don't know if that was something that, you know, the team talked about and worked on this offseason is having him drop into coverage more and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think they do need to blitz him and, and, and stuff. And, but safeties too, you know, there's one of the safeties are some of those positions that, you know, a good thing maybe is to not hear their names, you know, for a certain mm. point, obviously, like you said, he's, he's given up completions, but you know, safeties and I know he's matched up with some guys, but safeties aren't necessarily guys that you rely on for any kind of coverage. Um, they should be guys that are there to, you know, make plays and, and prevent, uh, you know, holes. be that last line of defense. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, somebody else to watch out for too, Kareem hunt, uh, running back, uh, before we get into his, uh, dangers or what to look out for, 
Uh, we got some bulletin board material, guys. Uh, nobody likes having their season cut short, quote from Hunt um, earlier this week regarding the game. Uh, he said, I don't know. Uh, I know I didn't. I'm almost positive. Um, I know Miles wasn't either uh, as far as like in having his season cut short. But uh, that's the thing about Miles. He's a great player, great person, great teammate. You just learn to get a lot going through situations like that. You have to come ready. Forget about all that stuff. Whatever you can do. This one's for Miles. This one is for the Cleveland Brown fans. This one is for a lot of things. Really? This it's one's for season. my wife that I beat. This one's for my daughter. How many more? You get a car. You get a car. This is for. <laughs> it's for Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Come on. Whatever, dude. I mean, his season was cut short because he drop kicked that girl in the head. Ray Rice-esque in, a, in an elevator. Yep. Chiefs yeah. tried to cover it up. Le'Veon Bell for, uh, for Kareem Hunt trade. Well, and, of course, we know the Miles situation, too. So whatever, I uh, look forward to seeing. Uh, look forward to seeing a, a a frisky game, guys. But uh, anyhow, Hunt's played at Heinz Field twice. Once a member of the Chiefs, and then uh, uh, the Browns last year. Both games, he scored a receiving touchdown and uh, pretty much hurt us uh, in the the Miles Garrett game last year uh, with big catches out of the backfield, extending drives. Um. Needing somebody to step up, cover him in the flat and coverage. Uh, yeah, who's that like going to be? Devin Bush and Vinny have their hands full with tight ends too. So, yeah, who is that going to be? I think you put Minka on him. I, th- I think you could see Minka having doing something good this week if if they you know try to isolate that matchup a little bit. Oh God! You know, spe- wouldn't that be nice? Step for <laughs> step for step wise, Cream Hunt. Uh, I mean, you know, I know Cream Hunt's got some world class speed. You know, nobody's going to match up with him in a foot race. But you know, you hit him a couple times. You you put somebody there to make him think about it. And you get in Baker Mayfield's head about that. That could be you know pick six. Uh, let's hope Love so. to see that right off. Love that. to see him a big part of that game. All right, so let's sum that up. Browns offense versus Steeler D. Who has the advantage, guys? Garrett? Uh, you got to go with the Steelers offense. You know, if you really think about the Browns defense, I mean, I, the, all I can really name is, is as being somebody who concerns me is Miles Garrett. And I mean, even if he gets four or five sacks on Ben Roethlisberger, I'm not saying he is, but yeah, we're going to hop into that in a second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're talking about our defense matched up against their offense first. Yeah. So keep that. Keep oh, that okay. Later. Sorry. I was reading on the sheet. You had Brown's defense versus Steelers offense first. Yeah. So that's sorry. But I thought that's where we were going. Uh, yeah. We'll you know, that. Steelers defense has got the advantage. I think overall as a team against, against the Browns, I don't think they have the talent offensively. Just overall, if you look, I mean, yeah, you got OBJ and you got uh, Jarvis Landry and Cream Hunt and Baker Mayfield, but you know, Cream Hunt, you know, it's it's not like he's a world beater, you know, four time All Pro running back. You know, yeah. he's a guy that's done some solid things. He's made some big plays, but you know, if you're taking that against the you know entirety of that defensive line and linebacking core, you know, I'm taking our linebacking core every time. And then, you know, yeah, you've got, you know, OBJ and you've got Jarvis Landry and they can play, but that a lot of that relies on Baker Mayfield and how he does. 
And again, you're talking about a whole team for, for the Steelers that is young, is athletic. I mean, if, if Bud Dupree and, and TJ Watt get pressure and, and play well in coverage, you know, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, it's basically the same offense they had last year, offensive, you know, unit, maybe, maybe even a little worse. And, you know, I, I don't see, I don't see that offense dominating us. I, yeah. They can put up points, but anybody can in the NFL. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't think they are consistently better, um, you know, than our defense. And there have been a lot of points put up, too. All righty. Uh, you guys concur? Steelers D has the the uh, the advantage there. Yeah, we certainly do. I mean, the, the matchup's going to be their number one ranked rushing offense against our number two rush ranked uh, defense. And we've only allowed 16 yards before contact this year when other teams are running the ball. And our base rush def- defense is allowing just 1.4 yards per carry. So, advantage dealers. Okay. Good. Well, let's jump into uh, our offense um, going up against the Browns' D. Uh, T.A., what's the uh, what's the injury report look like on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I got to I gotta say, Ben's going to have to be licking his chops right now. I mean, that secondary is is it's not where it needs to be. Harrison's going to be out with concussion. Tate Davis got an elbow. He might end up playing Carl Joseph though. He's got a hamstring. So that secondary is not where it needs to be. You got greedy Williams, even with a shoulder injury and Grant Delpit has a torn Achilles. So he's not even going to be in there. Um, So that secondary is a little beat up now on that offensive line, probably or a defensive line. I'm sorry on that defensive line. Sheldon Richardson's the one who who really stands out because I think that he takes a lot of attention as well as along with uh, Miles Garrett. So that's going to be interesting to see whether or not he's going to be up to full speed because let's make no mistakes. That offense is going to have to know where Miles is at every single play and the Browns love to move him around on that defensive line. So he's not just going to go ahead and match up against our big guy out there on the left end. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to wish he had his Rangers friends with him, but miles is going to be disruptive. And that's where we need to really concentrate on. But what's really interesting about this is that overall for the offensive ranking on the Steelers is we're 20th passing at 26 and rushing at 16. I mean, we haven't seen our rushing really get started, even though we've had three straight 100 rushing games you know, a lot of that's not until the end of the end of the game. So that's a little concerning going up against a Browns unit that ranks fifth against the rush, but 30th against the pass. So I look for Ben to be licking his chops. But again, Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Mac Williams and Denzel Ward are going to be out there and they're going to make sure they're ready for a little AFC North football. Nice. Well, let's let's jump into the matchups. Um, you know what? Before we do that, though, I'm going to give a shout out to our other brother affiliate, uh, Diamond CBD. Thousands of products out there, CBD products, guys. Time for us to reorder the watermelon. And guess what? I just saw the peach ring, CBD peach ring gummies. So uh, go to SteelersRealm.com right at the top. LT, our man, LT, uh, pointing to the link. Just click there um, and shop through all those and make sure to check out the peach ring CBD gummies. So with that and said. Use the, 
Use the code Steel Realm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Check still out using that for sixty percent off. Oh yeah, sixty. Still, still uh, holy five. cow, sixty. Big six zero. So Garrett, why don't you take us into uh, Miles Garrett versus Chucks? First off, what are your thoughts on Miles Garrett? Garrett, <laughs> I, you know, I <laughs> I approve of his last name, but that's that's about it. You know, it, part of me, you know, it's, you got to separate uh, what happened last year from the type of player he is. Um, and after, you know, in a weird way, after the Browns have had so many terrible, uh, defensive linemen picked, you know, hello, Courtney Brown and, and Gerald Wallace, um, from, you know, the early, early Courtney 2000s, Stater, man, come on. He's terrible. I mean, that <laughs> sorry. He is uh, you can, uh, we've gone through Penn state before. So, but, uh, yeah, Courtney Brown, it, it was bad, but you know, miles Garrett is as good as everybody thought he was going to be. Um, he, he's playing great this year so far. He's got six sacks, um, you know, in the last, in the last just four games of year, six sacks, he's got three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Uh, and not just that he's getting holding calls against him. Um, he is a very, very good player at the same time. Also, you know, everybody knows what's going to happen is this is his first time playing against us since the suspension and helmet gate or, or whatever you want to call it last year. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be, he's going to be facing a big guy, uh, Chuck O. Okafer, who, who's a big fella, six foot six, three twenty, still not as big as me, but definitely probably in better shape. I'd love to put wings down with him one day. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'd say when it comes to a rushing a one-on-one matchup, uh, a guy who's six foot four, two, I think two seventy-five, two eighty is is what Miles Garrett is. I might be a little off there. Um, you know, going one-on-one with a guy who's six foot six, three twenty. Uh, just on, you know, size and strength, you got to think Okafor can at least hold his own, but we all know it's going to come down to pass coverage and, or I'm sorry, not pass coverage, pass blocking and uh, what kind of pressure Miles Garrett can get. And what my dad would say and what I think the Steelers should do and hopefully will do is, is run a lot of screens, draws, mm-hmm. uh, you use that aggressiveness and quickness against uh, miles Garrett. Cause he's going to come out fired up. I mean, it, you know, as he should, you know, after last year and, and he's gonna, you know, do the thing where he's banging his chest and all psyched up, you know, run things out, take advantage of that aggressiveness. Uh, the one thing all rush defensive ends don't like is having to drop back into coverage or play the run. They don't want to do that. They want to rush the quarterback, get sacks, get on ESPN, uh, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff. But the Steelers, you know, you're not going to – if you just put, you know, Okafer out there on an island against Miles Garrett, you know, as much as I like Okafer and as much as I'm rooting for the Steelers, Miles Garrett's probably going to win that battle. Um, so what you got to do is you got to say to yourself, first, we got a quarterback who can get sacked – and this is what I was saying earlier. He can get sacked five times, and that's not ben, – you know, Big Ben's not going to get gun-shy because of that. And – you know, one thing, Ben, that I've always appreciated and liked about him is he always has got his offensive lineman's back and he's going to understand that Okafer's got his toughest test of the season. And, you know, that offensive line and Ben's going to have his back and hopefully they don't come out and try to throw the ball deep or, or throw it, try to, um, you know, do a bunch of plays that gives Miles Garrett, you know, time to get in the backfield, let uh, Okafer get some confidence, um, you know, let him get a couple good blocks or, or let, you know, take advantage of the things miles Garrett doesn't do well. Um, you know, and he's not the best run coverage guy. 
He's not the best, you know, solid when you're running right at him, chip him with tight ends, chip him with running backs, uh, help sign Roosevelt cold or Roosevelt Knicks and, and throw him out there and, uh, let him, uh, hit miles Garrett the whole game too. Um, don't try to turn it into a Steelers versus miles Garrett and, uh, you know, causing, you know, some kind of incident like last year, just take advantage of him, let him use his aggressiveness and use it against him. Yeah. And he manufactured that this whole thing and manufactured that chip on his shoulder, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, he manufactured the, uh, the racial slur that, you know, he said that mm-hmm. nobody else heard and everybody yeah. said that he didn't say, but you know, it, who knows nowadays with athletes, they make up everything they can. So, um, but again, that goes back to what I said, you know, use that aggressiveness against him. If he comes in with a chip on the shoulder, Hey, they're, they're all grown men. They're, they're not going to be scared of anybody, you know, just let him do whatever he wants to do. But you can, if he's beating him around the edge, run inside of him, cut him, get down there, you know, make his first quarter a living hell. And, you know, from what I've seen in miles Garrett, obviously I don't watch a lot of Browns games cause you know, I'm not a masochist, but uh, when I have seen Miles Garrett play, if you can, you know, keep him from making big plays for a little while, he kind of goes into a hole. And you know, that's that's what most defensive ends are like. You know, they, you you throw the ball a lot, and they're not getting pressures, not getting sacks. They get frustrated, and that's what you want to do. And he's going to want to come out and put on a show and have four sacks and all that kind of stuff. If you can shut some of that stuff down, um, you know, then you know you might have something there. Yeah, that was yeah. pre last week. In my What's opinion. our next matchup then, TA? We got what? Sheldon Richardson versus Kevin Dotson? Yeah, and rookie. with everything that we talked about, I mean, you know, you've got Castro. You know, he did not practice Thursday. It's still up in the air whether or not he's going to be there. I'm not too concerned about Dotson. I think so far, man, he has proven – He's held his weight, and I mean, even right now, he's top-ranked passing guard by the by pro football. Uh, but Richardson is coming in with 17 tackles and and uh, three takeaways. I mean, he came over from the Vikings. He was an elite player with them during his eight-year career. But you know, in five games against the Steelers, he's only got 20 total tackles, two or three quarterback hits, one forced fumble. I mean, I'm not sure if shutting down Richardson is the key. It could very much be because, of course, you know, we've got uh, – it's going to create holes for Miles Garrett. But when I sit here and I think about this, guys, they're going to be moving that defensive line around. I've watched a little bit of the Browns play because this isn't your dad's Browns, man, just like this isn't your dad's Buick. This is a whole different Browns unit, and they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. These guys are ready to rekindle the, the, the rivalry, and I'm here to tell you, that rivalry is back. If anybody missed that game with the little helmet swing, the, the rivalry is back. I think our offensive line as a whole is going to have a tough time keeping an eye on Who's coming from where? And that's that's going to be it. How are we going to protect Ben? And how quick can Ben get the ball out? Oh, yeah, we, we, we certainly will. And that's going to be the key to the game. Ben Roethlisberger getting the ball out um, as well as you know our receiving core. Everybody's talking about Chase Claypole, Chase Claypole. But hey, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, he's still number one. Yeah. And we expect him to be matched up against Terrence Mitchell. You know, we expect the Browns to have their best cornerback and Denzel Ward probably on Claypool after last week. Mm-hmm. And Juju is going to have to be a, a difference maker because like Todd said, Ben's not going to have a lot of time back there. So uh, defensive coordinators have been, you know, more concerned with not letting Juju beat them. And they are making sure that, you know, def- their defenses don't give up anything easy to him. So he, he constantly right. has a safety over the top is, you know, on routes that are in the open field. And, you know, that's That opens up things for Deontay Johnson, James Washington and, and Chase Claypool. Like you saw last week, if you take, for example, Claypool on that third receiving touchdown the day that won the game, he was be, being covered by a linebacker that, you know, that poor bastard linebacker out there. But the reason why that happened is because Ben audible and Juju ran an out and that drew the coverage in. So, uh, ter- Terrence Mitchell, you know, he led the team with, uh, was that 11 tackles against the Cowboys two weeks ago, but he didn't really play much last week. Um, you know, logging one tackle, but with greedy Williams on the IR this week, you know, he's going to have, he's going to be playing a bigger role on their defense on Sunday. And you might see Tavier Thomas out there getting some reps too, as well. So, but the guy to watch out for that's uh that's Larry Onujobi who everybody knows Larry. He was the guy that came, uh, came in after miles hit, uh, was that uh, big Rudy with the helmet and he cheap shotted Mason afterwards and hit him to the ground. So, mm. Hey, you know, something I wanted to throw in there while I was listening to you and Garrett and, uh, TA talk about that though, um, is, is that after early on in the Eagles game, you saw the Steelers start to do things like that. I, and I was watching them with my dad Good old Papa Son, Papa Son, and uh, uh, shout out to Papa Son. But anyhow, one of the things they did, a lot of misdirection stuff, a lot of timing stuff. You know, early on, uh, Philadelphia was wreaking havoc and and uh, causing a lot of trouble. But they started, you know, doing these sweeps and things like that, misdirection plays. This seemed to work well. So I think maybe you're seeing a little bit more creativity coming out of the OC Um Hopefully that continues, and I think it's going to need to uh, for us to get get some rhythm going. Anyhow, I just wanted to throw that in there. I thought that they they made some adjustments uh, well no, the, the, to keep the, the, they the always, Eagles D on on uh, keep them thinking. They, they always do well when they run some of those trick plays. The only thing is sometimes they fall a little too in love with it, or you know they try to outsmart themselves. Get too sometimes. cute. You, you, yeah, they, it's one or the other, it seems like. They can never find that balance. But, yeah, they, they definitely, you know, should, like I said, run those misdirections. Take advantage of the aggressiveness. You know, run some pulling guard plays. You know, a lot of that depends on, you know, whether Castro plays or not. It's always tougher to do that when you have backups in uh, because even, even though practice, stuff like that, there's a certain, uh, you know, chemistry or, or synchronization, whatever you want to call it, with the offensive line. Um, you know, to run those trick plays and and they did last week and they looked real good. And, you know, I I think they can do those and and take advantage of some of that stuff. Um, You know, I think that those trick plays, those screens and stuff uh, would be a really good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. All right, guys, we're kind of, um, we're running behind here again. So let's, let's go ahead and um, kind of sum that up. So what do you think? I'd have to say Steelers have the advantage here. Um, what do you think guys? 
Yeah, an offense for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have the advantage. I mean, their defense is pretty depleted in terms of injuries. Um, so there's no quite, there's no reason why we don't hit that 30 point mark again, which brings us to our score predictions. Yeah. Okay. What do we think, Garrett? What do you think the score is going to be? Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be going to be tough. I think it's one of those games that's going to be tight for the first half. And I, I, but I think the second half, I think that's where you see the Steelers uh, kind of explode. So I'm going to go with the Steelers 31 17. Whoa. 31 17. Todd, where JT, what do you got for score? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go a little big here. Uh, last week I said they'd break 30. They did easily. Uh, I think they're going to continue that plus 30 trend. And, uh, you know, I like Garrett's call, uh, plus 30 on, on that side. I'm going to say 30, 34, uh, 34-24 Steelers. 34-24. Todd, what do you got? I got the rivalries back. This is going to be smash mouth football. I know we'd all like to think that both the defenses are going to decide this game. I don't think that at all. I think this is going to be a shootout between Big Ben and Baker Mayfield. And I think in the end, Ben will go ahead and succeed. The Browns are averaging 29, let's just call it 30 points a game. If we're going to win this game, it's going to be by 30 plus. I'm going to go with a 38 to 36 victory in the fourth quarter. All right. Well, your uh, breakdown of the score had somebody yawning out there. So I'll (laughs) hop into mine. Uh, I think we're going to win 38, 34, and we're going to actually score 26 points for the, what the fifth, fifth straight game. So uh, it's the first time that we've scored 26 points in the f- four games to open up a year in franchise history. And, you know, we only scored over 26 points uh, four times all of last year. So let's yeah. hop around to the AFC North real quick here, though, guys, or should we say around the kitchen, mm-hmm. not the North Ravens, they're four and one last week. They beat the Bengals 27 to three. The Bengals kicked a, I believe 38 yard field goal inside of 30 seconds left. That really pissed off a lot of people in Baltimore. Uh, this week they're playing Philly, the Browns. We just broke them down. There's no reason to go back into it. And then the Bengals last week, they lost to Baltimore and this week they play Indianapolis. So that brings us to our still city star Steelers spotlight of the week. If you haven't had a chance yet, Go out and check some of his videos out on Twitter. Subscribe to his YouTube page. I mean, th- there's s- some videos out there that's, I mean, that he has that nobody else does for sure. And it's great stuff. So this week, it's going to be Tunch Ilkin. Ah, uh, Tunch. Tunch. Gary, you got any stories you could share with us about Tunch? Uh, I mean, Tunch is just just a sweetheart and a wonderful guy. You know, he's always, you know, one of those guys that when I see him, he always comes up and, and tells me some story about dad or uh, you know, is one and, you know, just always speaks of him, you know, lovingly and, and, you know, just has wonderful things to say. Um, you know, and he's also one of those guys that growing up, you know, you always knew him and, and Craig Wolfley, you know, Tunch was Tunch. Uh, you know, I, I can't call him any in my phone. He saved as Tunch. 
and uh, you know, Wolf and, and those guys, you know, are, are obviously, you know, kind of fricking frack, but Tunch <laughs> is, is an absolutely wonderful guy. Um, you know, I know the stories of him checking on my dad when, when my dad went through some rough times and um, trying to reach out for him and help and give him something, somebody to talk to and, and, you know, helping him get an apartment when he was down on his luck and stuff. So uh, I've got absolutely nothing but the best to say about Tunch. And I know if, if anybody's going to beat this thing, uh, you know, it's going to be him. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, Tunch, he, he's the first person from Turkey to play in the NFL. It's a fun fact. Oh, didn't know that. The Turkish delight. Turkish That's his delight. nickname. That's what he's getting. Yeah, he, he played. Uh, he played his college ball at Indiana State, the Sycamores. The other famous alum, Larry Bird, and uh, immediately the after, Hick from French Lick. Yeah, the Hick from French Lick, and immediately after retiring, you know, he spent 13 years with the Steelers and one year with the Packers. But immediately after retiring, um, he went into announcing, uh, and he became a member of the Steelers radio network. And his dad 19- would say he had a face for radio. <laughs> certainly did. He certainly did. But uh, he's been there since 98, and uh, like Garrett said, frickin' frack, him and Wolf. So anybody's going to beat this thing, it's going to be Tunch. And anybody else, anything on Tunch anybody else would like to share? Todd, are you still there out in Nashville? Yeah, I don't know if you guys happened to uh, see in the news this week, but uh, I thought about Tunch when I seen it. Evidently... The big news this week is that they may have a medicine for ALS and that they're very, very excited about. And uh, made me think a touch. I'm hoping that uh, those uh, indications are there. And uh, he fights this thing and he's the first survivor of it. We can only hope. Yeah, well, let's pray. Hope. Prayers for him and his family. Touch. So that brings us to our last segment here, which I'll be quick with. It's Degenerate Devs Lock of the Week. Uh, pretty sure I went one and two last week, if not 0 and three. And it brings me to eight and seven on the year. Uh, so before we hop into that, the Steelers are actually three and a half point favorites, and the over under is 51 points for all you gamblers the out over. there. Take the over for sure. Yeah, we did. These teams are scoring like crazy this year. But my three picks go ahead and take Chicago plus three at Carolina. Uh, because return of the Mac, I mean, you saw what he did against Tampa or uh, against Tom Brady in Tampa last week. So, uh, and then I got Detroit minus two and a half at Jacksonville and Kansas city minus three at Buffalo. The ten- Tennessee Titans made Josh Allen look human. That's for sure. So, um, I mean, that kind of wraps up our has, show here. Has Josh Norman and, picked and, himself up off the turf yet? Oh, or dude, is he, he still got out destroyed. There? That was an advanced McDonald hey. stiff arm right there. <laughs> No doubt. And, and, and folks, you know, this would not be a show unless I went ahead and against, uh, went against Depp for one game and one game only. Take the Bills. It ain't happening two weeks in a row, and I think Kansas City's still a little stunned. Buffalo to win. Wow. Wow. Man, fade Dev. Fade Dev. That's for sure. <laughs> so just to wrap things up hey, on Monday. At oh, one and two last week, brother. I'm 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 doing great with the fade. Yeah, I think I'm undefeated. Yeah, you might be able to get yourself a couple more bottles of moonshine so you could talk slower on this podcast whenever you're breaking stuff what? down. But uh, why, why do you think I'm down here? 
Yeah, it's hopefully we pick up moonshine and bring it back. But uh, <laughs> all of our listeners out there, if you're still with us, probably not at this point. But on Monday, we have Robert McKenzie coming on the podcast. And Robert's a former NFL agent and also an author. And he's going to join us uh, to speak about his days as being an agent and around the NFL. He played his college ball at you know UCLA uh, with Randy Cross, who was his quarterback. And um, Robert actually just uh, put out a book. Uh, which is the chair volume two, uh, faith, hope, uh, and love red heart. And his first volume of that, the chair volume one lightning thunder and glory flag of the United States. Uh, both of those are available now on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. So go ahead and check those out. If you want to read up before his appearance on Monday. So what do you say guys? All right, Steeler Nation. Uh, looking forward to it. Robert called me actually this afternoon too. I was on the road, and uh, oh, guys, I uh, can't wait to uh, can't wait to get him going. But we're gonna have uh, our hands full trying to stop him. That's for sure. So uh, make sure to tune in and uh, catch Robert McKenzie. Uh, he's got a hundred thousand stories to tell, and uh, we hope he'll share some cool ones with us. So, Steeler Nation. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, Garrett. Great to be back with you again, man. Thanks for jumping on. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Steeler Nation. Thank you, Garrett. Final thoughts from you, Garrett. Well, it's just uh, it's nice nice to have at least we got something with uh, football, you know, to look forward to every week. One normal thing to look forward to in this crazy world right now. Yep. Amen to that. Well, Steeler Nation, careful in the hot tub. We'll see you next time. We're out of here. Get ready, Steelers Nation. It's going to be a dog fight. Bring your callers. That sounds threatening. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah. I'm a little. Like a... I'm not going to lie. I'm a little aroused right now. <laughs> I figured you would be, Garrett. There you go. That's what I like to say. All right. Bring your callers then, I guess, Steeler Nation. <laughs> we'll see you later. Check back next week into the Steelers Realm podcast.